Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we equip Christian women to harness the power of their influence and authority to counteract the plans of the enemy, advance the purposes of God, plus learn ways to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. You're in the right place to learn effective strategies to be a force for godly change. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I'm your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for being here. But before we get started, I have a favor to ask of you. So wherever it is that you're listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. And the reason why that is so important to me is because I just know that there are so many people out there that really would love to do more to uphold Christian values. But frankly, some people just don't know where to start. And so the more times that these episodes are shared, the more people that will then know how to implement some of these strategies that we're talking about on all of these different episodes. So thank you in advance for that. I'm going to read my girl's bio, and then we're going to get started with what I know is going to be another great conversation. My guest today is the founder and CEO of her own nonprofit that has a passion to encourage people to pursue the presence of God and find freedom in Christ. She is a speaker, podcaster, and author. Having been a victim of childhood abuse, broken relationships, and personal failures, she found herself stuck in a cycle of shame, fear, and rejection. Her pursuit of freedom led her to write her first book, The Freedom Coach Model, which went to number one on the Amazon bestseller list. Her podcast hosts guests that share their personal freedom journey. She is on the board of reference and a master coach with the International Christian Coach Institute and holds a PCC credential with the International Coach Federation. As a Bible teacher and speaker, she is known for captivating audiences with her high energy, humorous approach to life's and humorous approach to life's serious issues. Her faith-filled and transparent stories encourage listeners to become all that God has created them to be. So some call her coach, some call her host, and I'm glad to call her friend. I want to welcome to the show Jill Monaco. Hi, friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm so excited to have this conversation. So I really don't need to segue into what I consider you to be because it talked about it in your in your bio. I really do consider you among a number of things that I personally know you to be brilliant at. I consider you to be a freedom guru. More specifically, like you're a guru in teaching people how to find freedom in Christ. And I know that you and I share very similar belief systems. And I think you would agree that when we look around us, there is just opposition to God everywhere. In the world events that we see, the way people are living their lives, it seems like the closer to God it is, the less it is that they want anything to do with it. So I would love to hear, Jill, from your perspective, like how does freedom in Christ or maybe even the lack thereof How do you think that that's contributing to the world events that we're seeing and all of these trends against God that we're experiencing? Well, that's such a good question. And, you know, 
I, de- I define freedom in Christ as being everything God created you to be. And when Christ died on Jesus died on the cross, he did that. He set us free. So for freedom's sake, he set us free. And so I think the the gospel is tied directly to freedom. It's not just you know, oh, heck, you know, thanks, Jesus, for dying for me so I could go to heaven. It's so that we could live in the power and authority that he gave us right here on earth. And so um, I think how it's tied to the events right now is people don't know their identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know the power and authority God's given them. They don't know their purpose. They're, um, I think there's a temptation to compromise because of cancel culture or a fear of losing your job because you didn't get the juice or like you, you don't have the autonomy to be who God created you to be when you have threats all around you. And so, and, and this isn't to shame anyone. It's to say, gosh, you know, I, I don't feel the freedom to be vocal or do what I want to do because there are consequences to that action. Yeah. Um, and so in in the very most human way, we are meant to protect ourselves, right? Our amygdala tells us, be careful. This is what we've seen as a pattern. Protect yourself so you don't get hurt. You don't get, you know, um, don't have any negative consequences. So we adjust and we think those are small adjustments, but if we all do small adjustments, then we have the world that we have because we haven't, you know, and I'm included in the big C church, did not speak up for certain things, right? And now there are consequences if I do. So, but we were warned in scripture that it would, there would be a falling away, there'd be false teachers, and it would be hard on believers. So I think that's where we're at. Um, we can choose to think this is terrible, or we can pick up our bootstraps and say, God, I love you so much. I, no one can get me off course from what who you've called me to be. So do you think there are certain things that have more of a tendency to contribute to this than others? I mean, is it life events that have happened to us? Is it limiting beliefs? Is it cultural factors around us? Is it a combination mm-hmm. of that? Like, do people, are, are they likely to like, I've always been in a place where I didn't have freedom in Christ or at one point I did and now I don't? Like what, how do we find ourselves in a situation where we're not free in Christ or we're not clear on our identity, all the things that you just described? Yeah, I think it is a combination. Um, And it's such a topic that I'm passionate about. And I love coaching people into freedom. And and really, it comes from where I was stuck and I didn't know it. So I had blinders on, like you mentioned in my bio, I was had fear, intense, intense fear of rejection because I had had experiences over and over with rejection. And so then I wouldn't do certain things because the rejection was more painful than being quiet or playing small. Same thing with fear in general. We kind of weigh which is worse. And so it's a combination of things that have happened to us in our childhood, the way our brains got wired, um, and also lies that we believe. Um, I have something called the Freedom Framework that I'll just explain it really quick because this will be something that people can see themselves in. Yeah, we have we have events that happen in our lives, and if they're really negative, the enemy loves to spin us into having thoughts that agree with him, which are lies. We have feelings that run the show and emotions. Emotions aren't bad. They should be informers, but they drive the car instead of a backseat passenger. Then we form beliefs, and beliefs are. There's nothing you can do to change my mind. I believe this with my whole heart. And that's a combination of thoughts and feelings. So what happens is when you have all this, you know, 
concoction, you have a choice that you make and you have actions and behaviors. This is why behavior modification doesn't work because you you have to get to the root of things. But if you have continued actions, you're going to have that same kind of event happen again. And now you're in this vicious cycle. But if we can get onto God's cycle and see challenges in our lives as opportunities and align our thoughts with Christ's and use emotions to give us the fuel we need to understand ourselves in the world and God better— Then we have different set of beliefs that align with God, and we have actions that align with God. And then we have that kind of circle. And so I think that a lot of times it is childhood, but it's also the patterns and agreements that we allow ourselves to remain in. And that's where we can do the work today. We can't change the past, but we can change how we think and feel and act today so that our future isn't, um, you know, what the enemy wants, but it's aligned with God's plan for us. And one of the things that became painfully obvious to me as you were describing that is because I was kind of checking that against some of the main ways that I see our Christian values being eroded. When we look at how much gender confusion there is and how much same-sex attraction there is and the evil of, you know, entire nations, you know, attacking Israel and just all Mm -hmm. of the things that we see around us every single day. Mm Mm-hmm. Satan is the type of person that he looks for a crack in the armor, and that's what he takes advantage of. And so if I'm not clear on what my identity is, then it's a lot easier. I think about in Genesis, what what the enemy said to Eve was, but did God really say? Yeah. And if she didn't already have some level of doubt or confusion or you know it would she would have been like you're dog all right that's what he said you know what i probably he probably would have never asked her and so i'm recognizing that when we have either been through things in our lives that have been traumatic sometimes it's mm-hmm. major trauma sometimes maybe not as major depending on your own particular story when we don't know who we are and who we are in Christ, it's just that much easier for the enemy to go, okay, so for Jill, I know it's this thing. For Shana, mm-hmm. I know it's that thing. For John, I know it's that thing. And if I ultimately want to do everything I can on a grand scale to try to shut God down or uh, turn people away from the things that I know God desires, then why don't I just find those cracks in the armor mm-hmm. so that I can get them to see things my way? And then I'm, and then like, like it's, it's strategy, right? It's, it's a warfare strategy. I actually, I can't repeat this as well as when I studied it to preach it once, but there's, if you look at a battle line, they would look, the enemy looks for the weakest part of the battle line. And then they put all their forces there because then they can break through easier. And it's a similar thing, crack in the armor, or it's the weak link, or it's in spiritual terms, we talk about open doors. Whereas sin is an open door. Um, Any agreement that you've made with the enemy that has turned into a belief like, well, I'm not lovable, or I'll always be alone, or whatever those beliefs are, or people aren't safe, or you know, those are those are open doors or, you know, just weak places. And he will he'll usually take something that you've struggled with and keep hitting that nail on the head until you cave. That's why I'm so passionate about the healing process. Like, yes, I'm passionate about freedom, but we don't get freedom without healing. And I love that the Lord and the tools he's given me are whatever God reveals, he's going to heal. If God's not revealing it, it's for whatever reason, it's not the time to heal. It doesn't mean 
I mean, like to be done healed. We're always in the process. So he, if you're aware of something, he's making it aware. What I mean is like, you're not even aware something is there, but healing is what brings freedom. Like we have to walk it. It's in the process. And I think God loves the process. He's not worried about like, if I were like, what are my open doors and where's all the cracks? I got to get them all right now. He's like, take a chill pill, Jill. Let's like, let's work on this. This is, he knows the strategy to bring us into healing. So Absolutely. And at the the back half of the show, we're going to really get into some of the the tips of how we can get free. So, Jill, I know that you, you know, I've been blessed to to learn a lot about you. Um, Mm -hmm. Personally, I've known Jill for almost a year now. I've had the pleasure of being able to serve her in her organization. And so, Jill, I know that you serve a lot of leaders and many of the people that are in my audience are leaders as well. They're either leading in in ministry, or they're leading in the marketplace. And so I would love for you to share specifically for people who are leading, because, you know, I've been charged with the task of raising up women leaders that want to uphold Christian values. And I'm not teaching them how to build a different type of business or whatever. What I'm saying is, is how do we as leaders that already have influence and authority, how do we use that influence and authority to be able to uphold Christian values and mobilize other women to do the same? And so why is it even more important for those of us who are leaders to have this level of freedom in Christ? Yeah, I mean, um, I can think of so many different leaders in scripture that when they struggled, the kingdom fell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a biblical principle that God will, like David, raise you up. He didn't make him king right away. He had some things to work out, right? And then when you are in that place of leadership, there's temptation. And we use David again, there's Bathsheba. Use Joseph on his way. There was you know, Potiphar's wife. Like There's always temptations on the way. And even when you get into leadership, so we... We never arrive. We're constantly growing and looking for those places where God wants to take us next. And I think it's crucial for leaders, especially in today's day and age, because we need to be more bold and more firm. And so, and and I don't mean like in a mean way. I think leaders have to also grow in humility and compassion and love because the people that we're leading are, you know, maybe not as secure or have more broken parts. And so I think really in today's economy, whether you're in ministry or you're leading in the workplace, the more healed and free we are, the less we're triggered by other people's stuff. Yeah. Right. So if someone's yelling at you in the office, in your boss or your coworker or your employee, or somebody doesn't do what they say they're going to do, instead of us crumbling and panicking and having a dysregulated nervous system, we have to have these tools in place to say, okay, I am spiritually strong. The Lord is my provider. I'm going to go to him. He's going to give me a strategy and I'm going to be able to move forward. You know, that phrase like one step forward, three steps back. Like yeah. we don't have time for that anymore. As leaders, we will we will be able to continue advancing the kingdom of God um, as long as we're continuing to advance in our own character and integrity and growth. And I would add to that, that I believe in the trickle down effect. Yeah. And, you know, your organization or the people that you're leading will never be able to outperform or outgrow you as the leader. And 
And that works both ways, positively and negatively. And if we're not free and healed and whole and secure and all the things that it takes to be a strong leader, that's going to begin to infiltrate and work its way into those that we're leading. And so whatever capacity we're leading in is not going to be as effective. And so it's the same with this. If you're wanting to look at, you know, how do I use my leadership to uphold Christian values? How do I begin to demonstrate to other people how they can unify? people together, how they can get others to uphold Christian values. If I'm not strong at the head, then how can I really affect, expect to affect the people that I'm leading in a positive way? And if I'm traumatized and if I'm not healed, how can I ever really expect not to, what's the saying, like, like bleed on other people? Like some people don't realize they've been cut until they bump up, bump up against you, you know, like you're causing people under you and around you to bleed you know, because you're bleeding or you're bleeding on them and now they're stained, you know, for lack of a better word. So Jill, we're going to pause and take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into some of the ways that we can find this freedom that you're describing. We'll be right back. God is commissioning women leaders to uphold Christian values and change the course of history for his glory and to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. Want to know what type of kingdom leader you are and learn specific strategies to impact change based on your type? Find out by going to kingdomtrailblazerquiz.com right now. All right. Welcome back. So Jill, if somebody is listening to this episode and they're like, yeah, I need that freedom. I'm a leader. I need that level of freedom in Christ. I want to be as as effective as I can as a leader. What would be your top one or two tips or strategies or something that anybody could begin to implement right away that would help them gain this level of freedom that you're describing? Yeah, there's there's a couple of things that come to mind, but the number one thing is I'm and this is because I'm a coach. I believe every leader needs a coach. Everybody needs someone who is going to challenge their thinking, who is going to help them grow to the next level. And there are consultants out there. So I want to, you know, make sure it's clear. Consultants are telling you what to do. Mentors are telling you what to do and giving you advice. And coaches are saying, I don't know what God's doing in you, but I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to help you discover the things you can't see. Um, and help them make powerful decisions on their own. And so it sounds like, why would I pay someone for that? But once you get into coaching, it's it has changed my life and I've seen it change so many of my clients. So number one thing, I think every leader needs someone that, you know, someone further on the journey is awesome, but a coach who can really help you be who God's made you to be is my number one tip. The second one, I really think... Um, it's something I've said for a long, long time, and I, even I'm considering between two. I'm bouncing between two, but I'll give you my number two that I think what it, it would be. Um, my second one is overcoming offense. Mm, and so um, I've always talked about um, forgiveness, but I think it's deeper than that. I think we can say we forgive. We can do the, I forgive them, God. I, I you know, release them to you, I, you know, all that. But there can be a seed of offense that shows up like bitterness and it comes out when the pressure is on at work or at church or at say you've got something at home like you are one person with one heart 
and it shows up wherever you are. And I remember, um, slight trigger warning, but I was on staff at a church and I was the worship leader and the married senior pastor hit on me and I said, no, like I turned his request for an affair to, you know, to the side. I said, uh-uh, not doing that. But what happened was I was still hurting after like so many, you know, months after. And I asked the Lord, I'm like, I just don't want to hurt and cry about this anymore. And the Lord said to me, Jill, you have one heart. And if you harden your heart towards that situation, it's going to be hard towards me. But if you keep your heart soft and you, it's okay to cry about it. It's okay to come to me and tell me you're sad. If you grieve it, you will stay open and soft and tender to what I'm saying to you in other areas. So we all have one heart. Your heart shows up wherever you go. And so be really have a short leash on this offense thing. It does require forgiveness. It may require grieving. It may require having hard conversations. It may require boundaries. There's so many elements to this that I think if we can get to the root of that, that's where freedom is. No one holds any power over you but the Lord. And um, and I think that would really make a difference in this kingdom culture that we're trying to build, whether it's in secular or in ministry, because let's not joke, ministry is not free of offense in any way. And I'm so glad that you said that, Jill, because I'm sitting here thinking, so at the time of this recording, it is the end of January of 2024. And within the last, I'm going to call it six to nine months, I have heard several people talk about the power of offense and Hmm. why we need to be so aware of offense. And I would say before that, I hardly ever heard anybody talk about being offended and how it's keeping us stuck. Two of them were um, pastors who were, you know, it was in a sermon where they were talking about how, you know, you becoming so easily offended is like just jacking it all up. And then some of them were more of a you know, mainstream secular conversation. But the question that I always have for some people is like, why are you so easily offended? Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my experience, the groups of people that want to portray themselves as extremely confident and secure in who they are and their choices those are the very people who seem to be the most offended. And so if I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you. But if you do find yourself being easily offended, I would encourage you to get with a coach to try to figure out why you're becoming so offended. Because I'm very seldom, I, I think personally in my own life, I don't find myself offended very often. I get pissed yeah. off sometimes, obviously, right. but I don't find so I so yes, if you if you know that. You know, my I used to have a pastor that used to say, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. And so as Jill is talking about offense and being offended, if you know that that was an ouch moment for you, don't let that be the trigger that stands in the way of you being an influential leader, especially not only in your own spheres, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening because you really do want to do your part to be able to uphold Christian values. And if you're easily offended, this is going to be a major, major touch point for you because Mm -hmm. people are going to be pushing back with what it is that you believe. People are going to be pushing back with what it is that you're trying to the perspective that you're trying to get them to see or the way that you think that they should begin to believe. And so there's not going to be any room for offense in the work that it is that I am being raised to 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 teach women and other leaders to how to do. So Jill, yeah. how can um, our listeners, where can they follow you on social media? 
Yeah, the easiest way to find everything, all the links are at my website, jillmonaco.com. Um, and Jill Monaco is on Instagram or Jill Monaco Ministries on Facebook. But if you go to my website, you can find the links to all the other YouTube and X, I guess, previously known as Twitter, like, you know, all the places. Yeah. And if someone is listening to this and they're like, I need more of this. I need I, I need more freedom. I need more coaching, whatever the thing is. What would you like to offer if someone would like to take things further with you? Yeah, I have um, a free video and audio book or course plus a workbook that will walk you through some of the basics of this model that I've talked about. It's called Living Free. Um, you can find it if you go to the, um, oh gosh, I think I'm gonna get this wrong, <laughs> thefreedomacademy.online. And that has a lot of my courses and also some free stuff there, but you can find Living Free at that place or, you know, just reach out to me through the website and I'll send you the link. It's a newer platform for me for all my courses. So it's- Well, uh, guess what? I'm going to make it easy for y'all because Jill is my friend and I have her number and she has my number. And so I will make sure that by the time this episode airs, that the right link will be in the show notes so that all y'all have to do is click it. So Jill, before we um, get off of here and go our own separate ways, what final words would you leave with the leaders who are listening to us today? Um, I, gosh, that's such a good question. You, you threw me off guard with that. I didn't know it was coming, but I'm just, just as you say that, I really sense the Lord is saying to leaders that you're not as far behind as you think you are. There's mm -hmm. so much comparison that's happening out there because we're so integrated with everyone online, but leaders just believe that you're right where you're supposed to be, that you're not late, you're not behind, and you're not really even that far ahead of everyone else. You're right where you're supposed to be. And God has, I believe God has incredible plans for leaders to show up. I believe that there are leaders that have not been seen or really known, and they're okay with that. But God is going to start raising up the unknown people because these are the people that are meant to to show up in this next generation and show what leadership looks like. So I just want to encourage the leaders. You're doing great. Keep going. I think that's a perfect confirmation and comfort level as well that, you know, that you're exactly where it is that you're supposed to be. Be open to the zigzag. You'll end up where it is that you're supposed to be. And the Lord is raising up people in this hour that are going to have the obedience to do what it is that he asked them to do. So Jill, I am so yeah. glad that we were here today to share these nuggets with our listeners and to help them get free. Yes. So everyone share, share, share this episode far and wide. I hope that it has blessed you like it has blessed me and that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to a God Shift podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone else. Be blessed.